mistakes and missteps. We've all made them in our life. I've made plenty in my 35 years with Crohn's. Today, I'm sharing with you my top 11 missteps with the hope that you can avoid some of these pitfalls and find your healing path much sooner than I did. Here we go. You are listening to The Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Well, hello, my friend, and welcome. I am so happy to be sharing this space with you today. So much to share with you this week as we take a walk down misstep memory lane. So let's just go ahead and dive in. This, I have to say, was a... It was an emotional episode for me to put together, going back, looking at all my mistakes, everything I did wrong while I was finding my way with inflammatory bowel disease. While I was going through and making notes and thinking about ideas that I wanted to share with you, I often found myself welling up with tears and occasionally I would even just have to stop, stop and just take a moment for the losses and the wasted time that I spent along the way. Oh, so many missteps. So yeah, this one is personal and I'm sharing it with you though, warts and all, with the hope that it will give you insights and aha moments so you don't have to needlessly suffer. We suffer enough with Crohn's and colitis. Today, let's just see what we can do to ease some of that suffering, shall we? So keeping in mind that this might come across at times a little bit shaky or a little bit emotional, here's the 11 things I wish I'd done differently when I was first diagnosed with Crohn's and 11 things you can do differently to start from wherever you're at on your healing journey today. Okay, so number one, if I were to start over, I would start with food, not use it as a last resort. The idea that food has nothing to do with our Crohn's or colitis, nothing to do with how it shows up in our body, is utterly preposterous. Why this nonsense is being peddled by well-meaning but undereducated doctors is beyond my comprehension. And the thing is, it's not their fault. As crazy as this sounds, medical students aren't taught about the link between the state of the digestive tract and the quality of the food we put in our body. They're not taught that in their gastrointestinal education. In their reported 40,000 hours of doctor training that they receive in medical schools in the United States, and according to the Journal of Clinical Nutrition, on average... The average medical student receives 23.9 hours 
of nutritional instruction. 23.9 hours out of 40,000 hours of medical training. If we're going to be mad at anyone for this injustice, it's the pharma-happy and sometimes big pharma-entwined medical schools that are going about this all wrong. It's no wonder that your doctor's first response for IBD is, let's get you on some biologics. But just because that's your doctor's first inclination to put you on meds, it doesn't mean that it's the only path for you. I wish to God that I would have known about gut healing food years and years ago when I got this wrenching and life-altering diagnosis. But there was no internet back then. There was no one pointing me in a different direction. Now, there's a lot I could say negative about the internet, about social media, and I do often think about the struggles that I feel like it's creating for our children. But with the negative and the darkness, we have to be fair, and with that comes the light, the amazing content, the vocal voices for change, and just the regular people like you and me who are trying to make a difference in our IBD lives and to help others in the process as well. The internet has changed everything for our C&C life. We now have the power to see success stories, research studies, ideas, opinions, all about food leading the way to intestinal healing. And it's all at our fingertips. So yeah, if I could start over again, I would do things differently. I would start with food, no matter what my doctor told me. And let me just say, huge point here. So if you're, you're, if you're multitasking already, come back to me just for a moment. Starting with food, it doesn't mean starting only with food. That's not what I mean. I don't mean only food approach. It, I, I don't mean this to be anti-medicine. Why can't we do both? If it's necessary, why can't we just do both? And why can't we keep a goal in mind that when our IBD is in remission, mainly using food, why can't we then try it as our goal to stay that way? Why not keep it? Why not keep that at the forefront of your mind as your ultimate goal? And I just wonder, I wonder if I had had this information sooner about the power of gut healing food, could I have saved myself from three bowel resections and the lasting impact that that's now having on my life? I'll never know. There's no way that I could possibly know that. I started using food as my main healing source 20 years into my disease, so not soon enough. But you have the power now. You have the power and the resources to use food to help you heal. There is no one-size-fits-all diet but there is the diet that works best for you. So above all, keep striving to find what that diet looks like for you. It's a decision that you'll never regret. And if you start to feel overwhelmed by all the gut healing diet information that's available to you, again, thanks to the internet, that's where I come in. That's what I'm here for. So reach out and we will get you the help you need so that you can move forward with food as the star instead of 
food as your last resort. Number two, if I were to start over just being diagnosed with Crohn's, I would make friends with others who have IBD. Now, family is great. Don't get me wrong. Okay, let me rephrase that. Family is supposed to be great. What is that saying? Blood is thicker than water, right? So family is supposed to be a wonderful source of comfort and support. But even if you have the most supportive, understanding, compassionate, responsive family, if they don't have IBD, it is really hard for them to really just put themselves in your place to truly get what you're going through and give you the support you need. We need to connect with people who get what we go through on a daily basis. People who can laugh and cry with us over our trips to the bathroom and our challenges getting pregnant, our difficulties navigating IBD in the workplace and motherhood and IBD. And that's just a few of the things that we have in common. IBD friends give us a touchstone, one that we really need to feel like we're not alone and we're not crazy. Very early on in my IBD journey, I don't think I could have been more than, I want to say 17, maybe 18. I think I was 17. My mom took me to a Crohn's and colitis support group meeting. And I was young. I was scared. I was very overwhelmed. And this woman took me aside and she told me that I should just end my suffering and get an ostomy bag. It was the best thing she had ever done. But it really freaked me out. I didn't know what an ostomy bag was. And she proudly showed me hers. And I'm embarrassed to say it, but I got scared. It kind of scared the crap out of me. I don't know why. I think that it was just too much for me in that moment. And so from that experience, I never went back. And I wish I wouldn't have stopped there. I wish I would have kept searching for a like-minded IBD pal who I could bounce ideas off of, I could cry with, we could fight this invisible disease together, someone who got me and the challenges I was experiencing. It took years and years before I finally connected with another IBD gal who just got me. We, we were on a similar path with similar health goals and her support, it meant the world to me. This buddy was an IBD-centered health coach. And she's the reason that I'm in this field today. Why I continue to help people who are struggling on their CNC journey. And why it's just part of my DNA now to help others like me. No matter what life brings, I know that that is just always going to be a part of me. Find your IBD clan because they will help you more than you can even begin to realize. Remember, your clan, it doesn't have to be live and local. There is a big worldwide web out there and you can get your support from people even if you've never met them in person. And if you don't have a like-minded gal in your corner, if you haven't found somebody just yet, I am here for you, my friend. I love having IBD besties all around the world. All right, let's talk about number three. If I were starting over with IBD, I would grow a backbone with my doctor sooner. For 20 years, I played the part of the good little girl. 
Take this medicine. Sure. How much? Prednisone for a whole year? Why not? You need this intestinal surgery. And by the way, while we were in there, we didn't ask your permission, but we took out your appendix just in case. Really? For 20 years, I never questioned. And do you know what? Not one day, not one day, not one single day in those 20 years did I ever feel any better. I didn't even feel close to okay. Anti-inflammatories, five ASA medications, steroids, immunomodulators, surgeries, and I was sick and tired every day. It wasn't until I started to ask questions. I started to experiment with how much control I could exert over my life before I started to have days when I actually felt great. We're talking gloriously great. Years of remission, great. Nowadays, I have to say I still respect my doctor. I see him as the expert that he is. And the reason I can feel that way about him is because I painstakingly picked him out. Doctor after doctor after doctor, I finally found a doctor I can communicate with. And if that's been a challenge for you, I get it. It is a challenge for so many. I want you to do yourself a favor. Go way back, way back in podcast episodes, way back to episode 10. And check out the episode titled, How to Find an IBD Doctor You'll Rave About. Because it will help you find the doctor of your dreams. I will link to that in the show notes, but you can also find it by just going to episode 10 on wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's how to find an IBD doctor you'll rave about. But even though I have found a doctor that I trust, I no longer think of him as the end-all, be-all decision maker. He's more like my consultant. He has more knowledge than me about the gastrointestinal tract for sure. He is my go-to on all things IBD procedure related, uh, medicine related. And But he's not the ultimate decider of my fate. He's not my judge and jury. We have an honest relationship. And with that in mind, I'll tell him when he tells me something he wants me to do and I'm not going to follow it. I will tell him, I'm not going to do that. And you know what? I think when he saw our relationship as a partnership and not me putting him on a pedestal of the all-knowing doctor, I kind of think he was relieved because it meant that he didn't need to have all the answers all the time. We could work on things together, bat things around, ideas, like a true and lasting collaboration that works best. So don't be spineless with with your doctor. Let them know where you stand. Appreciate their value because they have a lot of value. But at the same time, stand in your truth with your head held high, your convictions strong. That's what having a backbone with your doctor looks like. All right, number four. If I had to do it all over again, I'd prioritize me above all a lot sooner. So does she mean prioritize yourself above your kids? Is that what she's saying? Yeah, that yes, that is what I'm saying above your kids. Prioritize you over everyone. Because guess what? 
And this is particularly difficult for moms because we always are taught that our kids have to come first. So I know how difficult this is, but guess what? Here's the key part here. When you take care of yourself, I mean, really do what you need to do in the self-care department to take care of yourself, then you are able to have the energy, the health, and the vitality you need to bring that love back to all of those people around you, especially your kids. In my health coaching practice, I talk to moms about this over and over. It is so hard for us as moms to do this. The guilt over putting ourselves first, it makes us feel ashamed and embarrassed and even, dare I say, entitled. Yeah, entitled. But the same moms who just can't or won't do it are never fully there for their kids. I have to say that one more time. The moms who can't make this work are actually never really there for their kids fully, ever. You're half-assing the birthday party, the activities, putting dinner on the table, the bedtime story. You're never fully there because you feel like crap. When you take time for you to prioritize you, you will not believe how present and engaged you can actually be. And not just with your kids, with your partner at work, with your friends, with your parents, your neighbors, your pets, and the list goes on and on. Prioritizing you though, I want to add that this is such an individual process. Only you know where you struggle in this department or where you could really use some you attention. For me, I spent way too many years putting everyone's needs above my own. And when I finally stopped being an undereducated doormat about my Crohn's, I decided that all of that that I was doing, I had gotten nowhere. And so that was when I declared that I was starting the year of me. 2008, it was the year of me. That's when I started down a path of self-care. At that same time, I had two young kids and they weren't getting the mom that they deserved. And I wasn't living the life that I deserved. The year of me, it was about me eating gut healing food, taking time for things that I knew would make me feel better, like restorative yoga, setting up my morning meditations, even if they were just two, three, four, sometimes five minutes long, or even my morning pages when I had time where I would just get out my journal and just write, you know, whatever was on my mind. When I took time to hang out with friends and not just hang out with friends, but be really present and deeply engaged when I was with them. When I really prioritized meeting new IBD friends and most importantly, taking the time to breathe. So many stress and anxiety management techniques are out there, but prioritizing conscious deep breathing, it's probably the best decision I ever made for the health of my body, my mind, and my soul. And when you come up with your own priority plan, whatever that looks like for you, I highly encourage you to write it down, declare it to yourself, declare it to your family, post it on social if you're comfortable with that, but own it and hold yourself accountable 
to it. Prioritizing you won't just make your life better. It will make the life better for all those around you as well. Number five, if I started over with IBD again, I'd keep all copies of my patient records. After 35 years, eight moves, more procedures than I can count, lots of gastroenterologists and treatment plans, I wish I had kept copies of my Crohn's history. Even if you're not moving to a different state, what if you just switch doctors? Stranger things have happened, right? It's been known to happen. People switch doctors, doctors retire. It's great to have those records. I can't tell you how many times a doctor will ask me a question and I just can't remember the answer. If you're newly diagnosed, diagnosed, you might just think this sounds crazy, but for me, this is years and years, and my memory just ain't what it used to be. Let's be honest here. I promise you, you're going to blink, and it will be as long for you as it has been for me. So I would say for the last 10 to 15 years, I've done a much better job of keeping my records, much of it in paper format, so that not only do my doctors know my medical history, but I do as well. And that's even more important, in my opinion. All right, number six. If I had to do it over again, if I was just diagnosed with Crohn's, I'd be more open and I'd be more vulnerable about my illness with family and friends. And heck, let's throw in strangers too. I would just be more vulnerable about all of it. Over the years, I've gotten much more comfortable talking about inflammatory bowel disease. See, I can even say that without cringing. I can just say it. In fact, it's not unheard of for me to just strike up a conversation with a stranger and then nudge something about IBD into the conversation. Knowledge is power. And the more people who are aware of what IBD is, I think the better. We never know who might have the financial ability to put money into researching remedies and cures for our important cause or who needs this information, maybe because they're having similar symptoms or they have a loved one that's having similar symptoms. And when we brought up IBD, we shined a light on this and we helped them see that they need to see their doctor and find out more. But I was not always this way. I was not always the kind of person talking to everybody, anybody, everybody about IBD. I was just a teenager when I was diagnosed with Crohn's, when this all came into my life. So I was young, I was insecure, and all I wanted to do at this point was fit in. It's hard to fit in when you've got Crohn's or colitis. It just makes you different. And I didn't want anyone to know that I had this at the time. I called it the poop disorder. After all, I... I was the only one in the world who pooped, right? I mean, nobody else was talking about pooping, so I had to be the only one who did it. So I hid it. I hid my Crohn's from my boyfriends, my college roommates, my coworkers, my friends, lots of my family members, and I just pretended, you know, even though I've been in the bathroom for 20 minutes, everything's fine, that's just normal, or I would say it wasn't me when smelly farts took over a room. I was embarrassed. So on the outside, I look like this fresh-faced co-ed with not a care in the world. 
I was the swan. I was the swan looking calm and serene on the outside while I was paddling furiously underneath the surface. And all those closed walls, the stoic energy, the perfectionism, oh, that word, perfectionism, and the denial, all of that, it just got me nowhere. I started to resent those around me for not getting what I was going through, even though I wasn't sharing it with them. And then I started getting angry at myself because I knew I was the one who had entrapped myself in these walls. And then I met my husband and he was the first person I opened up to about my struggles. It was just a thin little chink in my armor, but little by little, with his patience and his willingness to just be there for me with no agenda, no judgment, my walls, they just began to crumble a little bit. And so that's how it started for me. And ever since, I've slowly opened up more and more about this invisible illness. And I have to tell you, this is what I've learned in the process. I learned that being vulnerable and honest, it's not weak. It's about the strongest thing you can do. Being vulnerable is being human. And real, honest human connection is the greatest gift that we have in this life. I learned that perfectionism, it's overrated. And I can have an abundant, rich life even when I strive for B plus every day. You don't have to let everyone in, but have a select group that you can be you with. Vulnerable, present, beautiful. And your life will be richer because of it. I know it will. Okay, let me tell you about number seven. If I had to do it over again, I'd put more value on my own intuition. We know ourselves so much more than we give ourselves credit for. We know when something's wrong with our health. We know when the answers we're getting just don't add up. We know in our heart when we need to move in a different direction. And trusting your instincts, I feel like that just comes with time. It comes with learning about who you are and what makes you tick. The best advice I can give you on this is to never be so caught up in the business of your life that you don't slow down and listen to that inner voice that tells you what direction you were meant to move in. Many, many times early on with Crohn's, I thought to myself, this advice that I'm getting, it doesn't sound right. But I ignored my inner knowing and I just went in that direction, the one I was being pulled in. Like when my doctor put me on what was supposed to be a month-long course of steroids. And then that month turned into three months. And I said, are you sure that I can be on this for so long? And then that three months turned into six months. And I questioned my doctor again. But still remained on the steroids. And then six months after that, that six months later became a year. And finally, it took my absolute rage, depression, and suicidal thoughts by this point, and my mom telling the doctor enough for me to finally be taken off that toxic medication. But 
thankfully, over time, I learned more about myself, about how I felt about root cause healing versus the cover-up short-term support. I learned to trust myself and my own instincts so that when I was going through infertility and the doctor told me, there's nothing wrong with you medically, the doctor told me, you're just not getting pregnant because you're too thin. I said, "Uh uh-uh, nope. There's something else going on here, and we need to figure that out. And I was right. When I instinctively knew after six months on the specific carbohydrate diet that it was time, it was time for me to see how I could do without meds. And I was right. It was time. And when my doctor was convinced my gallbladder had to come out, but I knew instinctively, I knew with all of the intestines that I had had removed, I knew that I needed to save my gallbladder and not take it out. I needed it to help me digest the fat because of all of the stomach removed, that small intestine I had had removed. And I was right. Intuition, your intuition, it is huge. Listen to your gut. You have more intuition than in your gut than most people do. Your intuition will never steer you wrong. It's just about quieting the mind so that we can take the time to listen to what it's saying. All right, let me tell you about number eight. If I was just getting diagnosed with IBD, I'd set boundaries around worry and anxiety time and live a fuller life. It seems like those of us with Crohn's and colitis, we seem predisposed to feel anxiety and worry more deeply. There's actually, I've talked about this before on the podcast, there's actually some interesting research on this very topic that shows that people with digestive disorders are more in tune with emotions like this. Anxiety, stress, worry. We feel those kinds of emotions deeper, not because we have a nervous stomach like many people like to pigeonhole us with, but because it's part of us. It's biological. It's part of our makeup. But we can't worry so much and we can't stress so much that we end up missing out on life. Is it scary to leave the house when you have IBD? Yeah, it can be. I've met a lot of people who have become shut-ins due to having this illness. It is not uncommon. But we can't let IBD create so much worry and anxiety in us that we just let life pass us by. Early on, I worried and stressed about what my future would hold, what I was doing wrong, why this happened to me. I worried way too much. And I learned that while I might not be able to get rid of my anxiety completely, I learned that I had the power to to decide that I was in charge, not my illness. And not only that, I also decided that I wasn't going to let this stress and anxiety keep me from living the full life that I deserved. If worry or stress or anxiety are a struggle for you as well, it's not about getting over these emotions or even ignoring these emotions. It's about allowing them a small space to take up in your life, but then putting them in an imaginary box so you can still live the full and complete life that you were meant to live. A life 
that's full is going to look different for all of us, of course, but just make sure that you aren't letting your fear get in the way of anything that you want to do because you deserve to be happy. You may have to take a couple detours to get there. I'm still taking detours, but just make sure that you get there, right? And make it about the journey, not the destination. You're always getting there and you're always taking those detours but finding the happiness that you deserve in the journey okay it's time for number nine if I could go back in time and just be diagnosed with Crohn's I would cultivate my wheel of wellness a lot sooner if you're a longtime listener of the podcast you've heard me talk about cultivating your wheel of wellness It's been instrumental in keeping my Crohn's symptoms managed and it is crucial for you as well. Your wheel of wellness is this invisible wheel. Picture a big bike wheel. It's like that with all these spokes like a bike would have these spokes coming out and each spoke represents something that supports our gut health and our overall health as well. Your wheel of wellness should absolutely have your doctor in a prominent spot. The gut healing food that you eat is another spoke that deserves a prominent spot. The medication that you take may be a spoke as well. But other spokes, other spokes are important too. Spokes that have nothing to do with your medication or even what you eat, but spokes that have to do with your mental and your spiritual health, like your faith or meditation and lifestyle factors like getting a good night's sleep, making that a regime for yourself or using your stress management tool belt so that you can get help in times when your life is chaotic. And for a long time, like 20 years, a long time, I didn't have a wheel of wellness. I Nothing, nothing to speak of. My support system consisted of my doctor. That's it, my doctor, no one else. It took me way too long to learn that your doctor should be part of the equation, but not the whole equation. Autoimmune diseases like Crohn's and colitis are especially impacted by our mindset and our lifestyle and our support system and the food we eat, the kind of movement or exercise that supports our body, things like this. And so we need multiple spokes to create the life we want and the life we deserve. If you want to just adopt one thing, one thing that you've heard today, start here. And at first you might say, whoa, Karen, that is a wheel, a whole wheel of wellness. That's really ambitious to just to start. But when you come at your wheel of wellness from the B plus mom perspective, you know that you can take your time to cultivate your wheel of wellness. And in fact, I highly encourage you to just add one spoke at a time. Try them out, switch them out, keep tweaking, changing, growing that wheel of wellness, and then it will serve you for a lifetime. Okay, moving on, number 10. If I was just diagnosed with IBD now, I hope that I would take some time to learn everything that I can about my disease and my options for healing. It's not enough anymore to just go through the motions and do what we are told. We don't have the excuse of, 
I didn't know where to look or there's no information out there. There's information galore. All we have to do is start looking for it. I have no doubt that you're much better than I was at this years ago. In the information age, in the technology age, everything we ever wanted to know about IBD, about its symptoms, treatments, both from a medical vantage point and also from a root cause, more natural vantage point, it's all available to us. So go out there and research it, my dear. Then you'll be armed with information. And you'll be a true collaborator for your care and your well-being when it's time for that doctor's appointment and it's time to make a treatment plan for you. You'll be in charge of that conversation. You'll be the number one collaborator because you know what you are talking about. You've researched it. Okay, it is time for number 11. We have made it. Are you still with me, my friend? Okay, Because this is a good one. I saved the biggest IBD lesson for last. It's my latest IBD aha. And one I probably only realized, I would say maybe 10 years ago. But man, this was a game changer for me. If I were to just be diagnosed with IBD again, I know that I'd stop asking everyone with CNC what works for them. Because the only thing that matters is what works for me. I spent way, way, way too many years trying to copy what I saw others doing. It worked for them, so it's got to work for me. She follows a vegan diet for her Crohn's and she's in remission. That must be the way to heal. Or she swears by this particular brand of vitamins and if I want to heal, that's what I have to buy. It's like keeping up with the Joneses, but IBD style. And after the specific carbohydrate diet success I had, after the SCD success, I started out my IBD coaching practice by putting everyone on, you guessed it, the specific carbohydrate diet. Oh boy, I learned very quickly. Big, capital B, big mistake. Because guess what? It's not the ultimate healing diet for everyone. I wish I had the one-size-fits-all magic cure. I wish there was a one diet, one supplement, one medication, one lifestyle path. I wish there was one of those, right, that fit for everyone with IBD. But the truth is, there's not. Ways to find remission are as diverse as our microbiome. And I think that that's exactly what it is. I've thought about this, and I think that's what it is. It all comes back to our microbiome. Each one of us is made up of a diverse group of bugs, trillions of these microscopic creepy crawlers. I know it's really appetizing, isn't it? But that's what we're made up of. And so what works for one microbiome is not what works for another. Finding healing and finding remission with Crohn's and colitis, it's about gathering information from others, but then taking that information and personalizing it to find the healing path that works for you and your microbiome. And don't just give up because finding your healing path is complicated because the Lord knows it is hard, it is complicated. Because I know though that It is possible. 
I know that we can all do this. In the end, it might not look like what you thought it would. It might not be perfect, but you can find success in the end. I firmly believe that. Okay, okay, my friend, that's 11 things I wish I'd done differently when I was first diagnosed with Crohn's. Tell me, which one of these resonates with you? If it's not too late for me, and I'm 35 years in, it's not too late for you. You only have to pick one idea, just one, to start a revolution in your life. What is that going to be for you? Which one of these really spoke to you? Which one of these 11? I'd love to continue the conversation with you. Email me at hello at karenhaley.com and tell me. Hello at karenhaley.com. And Karen, of course, my mother had to be a little different, is spelled with a Y. It's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y. Email me there and tell me. I can't wait for you to tell me what stood out for you. I can't wait to connect with you. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy gut healing journey. Chat soon.